even when they're not their best, even when they're not at the top of their game, the Boston Bruins still find a way to win. And that's exactly what they did last night against the Florida Panthers in a game that they were largely outplayed. They came out on top by a score of seven to three. We're going to recap this game and update the Atlantic Division Power Rankings on today's episode of Locked On Boston Bruins. Your Locked On Bruins, your daily podcast on the Boston Bruins, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up, Bruins fans, and welcome back to the Locked On Boston Bruins podcast. I'm your host, Ian McLaren, and this is a daily show where we discuss all things spoke to be. Today is Tuesday, December 20th, and I want to thank you so much for making Locked On Boston Bruins part of your day, free and available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Pocket Casts, please do hit that subscribe button on your favorite podcast app so that you never miss a thing. Also available on YouTube, uh, where you can get full episodes of the podcast, as well as breaking news and post-game reaction content there as well. On Twitter, Instagram, you can find the podcast at LockedNHLBruins, and you can find me, my dad jokes, hockey tweets, and my brand new winter classic toque, at Ian C. McLaren. Let's talk about last night's game, shall we? Another victory for the Bruins, who have improved to 17-0-2 on home ice. And it looked like they were cruising to victory in this one, thanks to first period goals from some triple Cs. Connor Clifton, Brandon Carlo, Charlie Coyle, I guess there's a B in there, but you get the picture. Three goals scored by uh, two defensemen and the Bruins' third-line center. It was not the greatest start for the Bruins, to be honest. They were looking a little, uh, you know, rusty out of the gate. Once again, this is a, a trend in recent games, but... They got the three goals and appeared well on their way to victory until the Florida Panthers scored the next three goals. No, actually, the Bruins went up 4 nothing, thanks to a David Pasternak goal early in the second period. 138 on the power play from Patrice Bergeron and Brad Marchand. So they're sitting on a 4 nothing lead, and then... Sam Reinhardt scores, Eric Stahl scores, Carter Verhege scores, all over the course of about five minutes and 20 seconds to make it a bit more interesting. And at that point, head coach Jim Montgomery was contemplating taking a timeout. From the second goal through the third goal, he thought about it, but the guys were saying the right things on the bench. There wasn't a sense of panic. And there wasn't a sense of urgency with their play either. But they managed to get out of it and again found a way, again proving that they are a resilient group. 
Patrice Bergeron said, it's a great show of confidence there for Montgomery to say that, uh, that it wasn't necessary for him to take a timeout, to put the onus on the players to reset and realize they're still up by a goal, but at the same time, they're not playing great hockey and got to get it back. They set it on the bench. Just need one shift to get yourself back. Simplify is always the easy word. Easy to squeeze and panic out there. But when you take a breath, realize you're still up. Got to be better. And then go from there. And that's exactly what they did. Scoring the next three goals to put it away. David Krejci adding one at 11.50 of the first to make it 5-3. And then Patrice Bergeron scored a pair of third period goals to really put this away, giving the Bruins the touchdown and the extra point, capping a four-point night for the captain with five shots on goal as well, Um, earning Big Bear of the Night honors for sure. He was huge in this one, especially in the third period, and also with his leadership, and his demeanor on the bench, which always benefits the Bruins. Montgomery saying the obvious, those were important goals because they give the team breathing room. The air came out of the intensity of the game. And it was kind of reminiscent of the game against Ottawa, their first loss of the season. Uh, The Bruins were down 3-0. They tied it 3-3. Then all of a sudden they were back down 5-3 and it's hard to keep chasing. A lot of energy you waste trying to catch up. Uh, So the Bruins able to put the hammer down and come out with the win. A couple other things I want to talk about this game. Uh, First, let's start with Linus Ulmark. He made 36 saves to improve to 11-0-1 at TD Garden this season. Fifth, Bruins goalie to have a point streak of 12 or more games to start a campaign um, on home ice. Joining Tugarask, Gilles Gilbert, Jerry Cheevers, and Frank Brimsick. He made some unbelievable saves, particularly near the end. There was one where he was stretched out on his butt, made a great glove save to end a threat, and... Uh, He was just spectacular again last night, despite allowing the three goals. Uh, David Krejci scored his 10th of the season, making him the eighth player in Bruins history with 12 or more 10-goal campaigns. Uh, David Pasternak extending his point streak to nine games, second nine-game streak of the season. Brad Marchand with three assists, and he has now factored on the same goal with Patrice Bergeron 392 times, ranked second in Bruins history behind Phil Esposito and Ken Hodge, and second among active NHLers behind Alex Ovechkin and Nick Backstrom. Montgomery said Marchand was the best player in the first period. He was all over the place and building some nice momentum there. Uh, Coming up after the break, I'm going to talk about Connor Clifton, Brandon Carlo, their contributions to the game. And then later on, we'll update the Atlantic Division Power Rankings. But first, this episode today is brought to you by Bet Online. 
BetOnline is your number one source for sports betting info, stats, news, and analysis. You can get all the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there, from pro football to the college bowl season, NHL, basketball. They've got it all at betonline.net. If you love sports podcasts, you can even find those at BetOnline as well. They're the fastest and easiest way to get your betting info. Head to their website today or use your mobile device to learn more at BetOnline, where the game starts. A couple of interesting revelations came out after the game last night. First being, Jim Montgomery doesn't necessarily like the Cliffy Hockey nickname. He said, not from the media or fans using it, but within the room. It's funny, he said, uh, he actually spoke to Connor about it, saying, I think the way it's brought up in the room and how it was born is perhaps being a bit too reckless. Cliffy Hockey kind of going on his own, doing his own thing. The player that he sees is someone that knows very much how the team is playing, always supporting the structure of the play, has the ability because of his instincts to make high-risk reward plays. Last night was the best game he's had in a while. Jim Montgomery was happy that he was able to pick up a goal and an assist in 18 minutes of ice time. His goal, I don't refer to it as Cliffy Hockey. It was more like Connor McClifton out there because of uh, his ability to collect the loose puck in the neutral zone, sail into Florida's end, throw the puck toward the crease, circle the net, find his own rebound, rip a wrister past Spencer Knight. Um, just displaying some great speed and skill and tenacity there as well. Connor Clifton himself trying to move away from the cliffy hockey reckless kind of uh headspace again he said he talked about it the other day with montgomery they both kind of hate it uh he said with a bit of a chuckle never really liked it honestly it is what it is sometimes you get a nickname and it sticks kind of what happened us fans we like to see cliffy hockey every now and again these huge hits these mad rushes uh but all credit to Connor Clifton for finding his game this season like never before and finding that consistency to become a legit top six defenseman night in and night out at the NHL level. Um, with the two points last night, he set career highs in goals, three, and points, 11 but only in 31 games played and without any power play time. So uh, he's helping offensively. He's getting physical, smart with the puck, and he has been uh, quite important to Boston's success this season. I can fully admit I was wrong with Clifton. Didn't think he was an everyday defenseman for the Bruins, but he's proven that to be the case this season, and it helps that he's playing with Derek Forbort, who is also a very stabilizing presence. Uh, Brandon Carlo, also 
instrumental in this one, picking up a goal and an assist. A rare two-point night for Brandon Carlo. Um, he crept into the slot, fired a wrister from the top of the circle that beat Knight glove side to make it 2-0. Uh, he hadn't scored since April 5th in the game against Detroit. He said he feels like there's been a lot of opportunities in the offensive zone for all the defensemen because of Jim Montgomery's system. Matter of putting it in the back of the net. Uh, transition game hasn't been as good as of late, and it's something that they're continuing to grow on. It's it's still a fairly new system for some of these guys, and great to get involved. Um Carlo specifically has been jumping into the right holes offensively, coming out of the D zone, through the neutral zone, into the offensive zone, and he's had a lot of opportunities, and it was great to see him get rewarded. Uh, Montgomery said he's been awesome defensively. In the last 10 to 15 games, he's been playing great hockey. As You know, he got hurt early in the year, took him a couple games to get back into his rhythm. And the biggest thing for him, he said, is enjoying the game as much as he possibly can. Uh, Gratitude type mindset, enjoying the experience, being very happy. It's an honor to wear this crest on his chest. And, uh, you know, there has been some talk recently that perhaps he could be um, floated in a trade you know, with the emergence of Connor Clifton. But for now, he's relishing his role with the Boston Bruins. And uh, it was nice to see him get that two-point night on his resume, his first multi-point game of the season. All right, let's jump into the Atlantic Division Power Rankings. And uh, let's start at the bottom, and move our way up. Spoiler alert, the Bruins remain atop the Atlantic Division. At the bottom, however, remains a team that has been surging a bit as of late, despite losing their last game. They're 14-15-2 through 31 games. It's the Ottawa Senators, the only team under 500 in the Atlantic division, if you can believe it. And uh, they have a minus one goal differential, which is fifth in the division. This is a team that could possibly make a bit of a jump in the standings, but the rest of the division is playing so well. It's going to be pretty tough for Ottawa to make up that ground. Now, Next, we have the Montreal Canadiens. They're 15-15-2. They actually won uh, last night in Arizona, an overtime victory for them. They're an even 532 points through 32 games, although they do have a division-low minus 20 goal differential. So they remain near the bottom of the division, and I expect... Montreal, Ottawa will stay in those two spots for the remainder of the season. Ottawa could perhaps jump them. Uh, We'll have to wait and see here. In the 
fifth spot, I'm putting the Florida Panthers. Sorry, the sixth spot, the Florida Panthers. They're 15-4-4, and 15-14-4, I should say. That's 15 wins, 18 losses. They get an extra point in those four losses. Uh, they have scored 111 goals, but they've allowed 111 goals as well after last night's lopsided loss and even goal differential. And they're really at risk here of missing out on a playoff spot after winning the President's Trophy last season. In fifth place this week is the Detroit Red Wings. They are 13, 11, and 7 through 31 games. They have a better point percentage than the Buffalo Sabres, just barely by 0.001. But I'm giving Buffalo the benefit of the doubt this week because they have a much better goal differential and they've won four in a row. Detroit, I'm putting in fifth, 532 point percentage, a minus 10 goal differential, which is uh, second worst in the division. So that's your bottom four at the moment. Ottawa in eighth, Montreal in seventh, the Florida Panthers in sixth, the Detroit Red Wings in fifth. We're going to do the top four here after the break. I want to thank you so much again for making Locked On Boston Bruins part of your day every single day. Make your second listen, the Locked On Today podcast. Peter Bukowski brings you the biggest stories around the sports world in 20 minutes. Get the analysis and opinions before anyone else with our local and national experts and insiders. Locked On Sports Today, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. All right, if you haven't noticed, the Buffalo Sabres could be kind of legit. They've won four in a row. They're seven, two, and one over their last 10 games. And last night, they defeated the Vegas Golden Knights on the road in Nevada. They're 16, four, and two through 32 games. Uh, They're fourth in total points. Again, slightly behind. Detroit when it comes to um, point percentage. But they have a much better goal differential and plus, uh, sorry, at plus 18, uh, which is good for fourth in the division. I should say Florida has a one-point lead over Detroit for fifth, but Detroit has two games in hand, therefore giving Detroit a better uh, point percentage. So Buffalo... They started off strong, swooned a bit, but their offense is pretty unbelievable at the moment. In fact, they have scored more goals than the Bruins this season, albeit in one more game played. But they do rank first in goals per game at 3.94. If they can reduce their 3.1, sorry, 3.41 goals allowed per game, then they'd really be cooking here. Uh, But for now, they're in fourth. And 
challenging for a wildcard spot four points back of the New York Islanders with a game in hand. In third place this week, the Tampa Bay Lightning. They're 29 and 1, 8 2 and 0 over their last 10. They've won five in a row, plus 24 goal differential. Uh, their point percentage, even with two games in hand on the Maple Leafs, still behind. They're at 683, but they're three points back with two games in hand on Toronto, who remains in second place this week. They're 19, 7, and 6, 44 points through 32 games, a 688 point percentage, a plus 25 goal differential. They're 7-2-1 over their last 10, although they have lost two games in a row. Sitting in first place once again this week are Boston Bruins. They have 25 wins through 31 games, 25-4-2, 52 points, 839 point percentage, a plus 54 goal differential, all of which are tops around the NHL. They have a seven-point lead over the Vegas Golden Knights atop the NHL standings with three games in hand on Vegas. They have an eight-point lead over the Maple Leafs with a game in hand on them for first in the division. Their plus 54 goal differential is well ahead of second place New Jersey, who's at plus 30. And again, they have the second highest goals per game, average around the NHL at 3.9, behind Buffalo's 3.94. And their goals allowed per game remains first 2.16. Second place is Toronto at 2.44. The power play, Third ranked, the penalty kill, first ranked, the Bruins just playing dynamite hockey at the moment. They're fourth in shots per game, and they are sixth when it comes to shots allowed per game. As we head into the Christmas break, two games left, a big one against Winnipeg, and then a huge one Friday against the New Jersey Devils. They played the Devils twice. Uh, over the next 10 days, both in New Jersey. Uh, And those are going to be big tests for the Bruins to further assert their dominance in the Eastern Conference. On Thursday's episode, we'll take a look at the weekly cup check, looking at the top five teams and where the Bruins rank among Stanley Cup contenders. But right now, there's no question. They're the best team in the NHL. And uh, again, even when they're not at their best, I said on the post-game reaction video last night, sometimes you're good, sometimes you're lucky, sometimes you're both. The Bruins were lucky in some respects last night, being outshot. Uh, They were out-attempted. All situations, Florida had 57% of the shot attempts, 60% of the shots, scoring chances. They had a slim advantage. Uh, expected goals, they were at 
the Bruins. This could have been a one that they allowed to get away, but they held on and poured it on and showed that they are the team to beat in the NHL this season. That's it for today's episode, uh, my friends. Thank you so much for taking some time to listen once again. Tomorrow's podcast, we'll check in on all the latest with respect to the Boston Bruins. I should add that Craig Smith did indeed clear waivers yesterday. It would have been a bigger story off the top if he hadn't. Uh, He was in the lineup last night, and the Bruins now have the flexibility to assign him to Providence over the next 30 days, 10 games, get some cap flexibility over the holidays, uh, which is always important. So yeah, take care of yourselves, friends. Happy Tuesday. Hope you're all doing well. And we'll talk to you again here tomorrow on a fresh episode of Locked On Boston Bruins, your favorite team every single day.